We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to the Sooner Sports Podcast, presented by Riverwind and Allstate. Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. Welcome to a very special edition of the Sooner Sports Podcast. A week ago, Lon Kruger announced his retirement head basketball coach at the University of Oklahoma. We have the press conference here on the podcast platform that you can find in our archives. But nobody, and I mean nobody, was closer to Lon Kruger than Toby Rowland. So we found it fitting to have the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland, sit down and have a one-on-one with Lon Kruger to look back on his career and his time at the University of Oklahoma. Enjoy. Let's start by going back 10 years ago. Today, 10 years ago today, you were, you were hired at OU or the press conference took place. But maybe a few days before that, when you finally decided that we're going to do it. I know Joe stayed after you for a while, but <laughs> when you and Barb talked and you finally decided, yes, we're going to go to Oklahoma, what was that conversation like and why did you make that choice? We uh, didn't expect to leave UNLV. We uh, thought that was going to be our last stop, and uh, we loved the people there. We loved the city. and uh, um, just built a home uh, there. And uh, uh, But Barb was great. I mean, she's used to it I, as a coach's wife you know you're, you're moving a little bit and uh, certainly we did uh, we talked about it and I, I guess in the end it's just getting back to the midwest getting back near family uh getting back, back around people that we knew really well and comfortable with and of course oklahoma was a draw i mean joe and the leadership uh, that he provides and uh great people we we knew the ou brand was strong uh, having competed against when we were at k-state and then after getting here, we realized it's a lot stronger than what we realized. Uh, worldwide, it's a, it's a powerful brand. Same question, maybe within the last week. You and Barb have a conversation. Maybe, maybe you've been thinking about it for a while, but you finally decide, okay, this is it. We're officially going to retire. What was that decision-making process and conversation like? You, you know it's going to come to an end at some point, but we didn't expect it to be this year. We thought, uh, you know, it go a little bit longer. 
it, it started the conversation changed a little bit when Coach Hill passed, you know, what, two and a half, three months ago now. And, uh, you know, we just started talking about how we wanted to spend our days and our time and, and the grandkids getting to the age that they're getting now. We knew we were missing out on a lot of their activities. And, and there's no more joy than watching your kids or grandkids, of course. So uh, you know, that was high on our list. And then when Kev got the job, quite frankly, at UNLV, that just kind of sealed the deal, I guess, because uh, you, know, you got uh, Coach Hill's passing, then the grandkids uh, wanted to spend more time there, and then uh, you know Kev getting the job. So uh, kind of everything aligned, I guess, to say, well, let's do it and move on and kind of bite the bullet, if you will, because we know it's going to be hard mm -hmm. whenever we did it, whether it be this year, next, or the year after. And uh, yeah, we feel good about it. We feel good about the guys that are here. Uh, that's the hardest part, not being with them next year going forward, but uh, uh, we feel good about it and excited about what lies ahead. We don't know what that is for sure, but uh, 45 years has passed very quickly, so uh, here we are. What are you looking forward to? We haven't given you a chance to re enjoy retirement yet. We keep <laughs> doing interviews with you and everything, no. but what are you most looking forward to? I think along the lines of what we just spoke about, uh, you know, the, the freedom to, to, to go and, and, and be with grandkids and cheer them on and, and then Kevin's program when when that gets up and going, uh, you know, the freedom to kind of reconnect with uh, with a lot of people around the country that we hadn't seen for a while. And, uh, you know, uh, as all coaches know, I mean, this is a pretty pretty consuming job, <laughs> especially from, you know, 1st of October to, to the 1st of uh, April. Uh, you know, there's not much else going on, you know, during yeah. that time. So, uh, you know, we feel like we have some catch-up opportunity here, and we're excited about that. It's a grind. The coaching profession is a grind, but I think you love it. Yeah. I think you've loved the grind for a long time. Are you nervous about not having that? Are you nervous about not waking up and watching film every day and practicing and figuring out how to make your team better? Yeah. Don't know what, don't know what that's going to feel like. Um, not nervous about it right now. I'm sure I'll miss it when we get into, you know, the summer workouts or the fall workouts uh, for sure. But, uh, but I think there's, uh, you know, we've always enjoyed uh, working with youth groups, working with charities, working with, you know, different opportunities to hopefully uh, have an impact. And uh, I think those opportunities will be there, you know, whether it be in Norman or Vegas or Nashville where the grandkids are. Uh, I think, uh, and Barb's always thrown herself in the community. So uh, I think all that stuff is something we enjoy. It'll be different from the grind. And we never thought about it being a grind while we are doing it because it's all we knew and uh, we loved it. And, uh, and uh, wouldn't want to be doing anything else. As we mentioned before, you know, for 50 years, really, since we started playing in college, uh, we've been able to get up every day and love what we're doing and, uh, and enjoy it and uh, not have any regrets. So uh, it worked out, it's worked out okay. When is the last time you went to a basketball game and sat by Barb? <laughs> Ooh, I gotta, I gotta think about that one. Uh, 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 really, um, May, may go back to Kevin's plan days, you know. <laughs> Didn't think about that, but uh, uh, I can't recall anything in the, in the recent past. Uh, yeah. and, uh, and that, she might not want to sit next to me. I'll, I'll probably be a lot uh, more stressed and uh, yell at the officials a lot more watching Kevin's teams play than, than uh, you know, sitting on the sidelines. I was going to ask you, what will Lon Kruger the fan be like? <laughs> what, do you, what do you think you'll be like going to a, one of Kevin's games? Well, you know, I'll probably be, um, you know, more stressed for sure. No, no question really? about that. I, I think when you're coaching and you're into it and you're thinking about the next play all the time, you know, you're not worried about what's just happened or, you know, spend much time on things you can't control. Mm -hmm. 
not that you control the referees as a fan or the opponent as a fan, but uh, we'll be a lot more stressed, no, no question about that. All right, on the court at OU, 10 years, what are you the proudest of? I'm not talking about individuals or players. We'll talk about that in a second, but an achievement on the court, what are you the proudest of? Well, certainly if you're talking about, you know, the Final Four year, I mean, how well that group played and the progress they made, how well they practiced all year. Uh, I think in general, you know, our, our, our maybe number one goal when we go into a program is, is related to the culture, you know, and, and uh, creating a, an environment in which the guys want to be around, uh, fans want to be around, uh, we share it with, with everyone, uh, it's a shared ownership type thing, and uh, I think anywhere we've been, uh, you know, with that being a, a priority to create that, uh, I guess we're proud of that in, in, in terms of uh, a lot of people sharing the memories yeah. and, uh, and uh, you know, participating. And, and uh, you know, that's been pretty consistent throughout our 45 years. Everyone the last week since finding out you were going to step aside has talked about you as a man. And obviously you're a great coach, but I think the lasting imprint you have everywhere you've gone is what kind of an individual you are. You answered a question at your press conference the other day, giving credit to your parents, Don and Betty. Is that Don right? Betty, yep. For that. Um, my question is, why are you the way that you are? And, and if the answer is Don and Betty, tell me about Don and Betty. Well, certainly that's the answer. Uh... And they were, they were again, what we do is, is kind of the way we grew up. So whether it's good or bad or indifferent, that's, that's kind of all we've ever known. Um, or you they, run from it. Yeah. Some people go the opposite direction, but... Yeah, but, but a lot of things, it's, it's about the habits that you develop. Mm -hmm. you, know, the, the, you know, dad and mom were always about other people and about doing things for their... I was the oldest of six children. And their lives were totally about making our lives better and uh, moving forward. And uh, like I mentioned before, you know, we might have a you know, someone in the house, you know, for a week or two at a time, three or four times during the year. And, 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 and that's all great. We didn't think anything about it. Uh, but they would just always reach out to, to you know, young people usually that, that needed something and uh, maybe direction. Uh, might have a cousin live with us for a semester of school because they didn't have sports at their school or whatever the case might be. But their doors were always open, uh, you know, living where we did. You know, everyone walked in, never locked the doors, never, uh, you know, thought about that type of thing. So yeah, it was, it's, it's all about what they were about. And, uh, and, and we feel good about that. We didn't ever want to be any other way. There's gotta be a great temptation in this profession <laughs> when everything is so results-based. I mean, you've got to win to keep your job, to keep getting paid to cut corners. How great is the temptation to cut corners uh, for you, I guess, out there? Oh, not at all. I mean, I never even, never even think about that. Uh, you know, dad was huge on, uh, you know, like I mentioned before, you know, it's pretty easy to cheat and win. I mean, anyone can do that. And there's great satisfaction in beating people that do cheat. And, uh, yeah, so I've never even thought about it. I mean, it's, it's not a temptation at all. Uh, in fact, I mean, over the years, I think when you kind of develop a little bit of something that people know you're not going to cheat, yeah. I think in, in 45 years, only once was I ever asked for something in recruiting. And I thought that's kind of interesting. And, and as a staff, we talk about what well, they're not going to ask because they know. You mean like a parent or a player? Yeah, like wanting a, par, wanting a car paid off or right. a loan payment or something. You know, just, yeah. And I thought it's kind of interesting that because uh, I know it goes down out there a lot. But uh, I, 
can't put my finger on anyone else doing it because yeah. uh, you, know, when you don't do it. You're not in those conversations. Uh, wouldn't even know how to do it. So I guess that uh, keeps us from being tempted. Temptation. Well, but it kind of became your brand through the years, yeah. but not like you didn't act. I mean, that's just the way you are. I've told this story several times uh, over the last week, but I had my back surgery a year ago. And uh, the day after <laughs> you played Oklahoma State in Stillwater, and I'm on the couch recovering, and 30 minutes before tip-off, I look down at my phone and you're calling me from the locker room. <laughs> and... Uh, and you're just checking to see how I'm feeling. And I'm like, coach, you got a game to play. You know, don't, don't worry about me. But you do that for everybody, for radio announcers, for your staff, for, I don't know, I, you can tell me. But why? Like, what? you've got games to win. Why, why, why are you like that? Again, I think we grew up with that and, and don't think too much about it. And and quite honestly, too, we want to win. I mean, no question about it. We've never been concerned about winning. Because I think if you do the things every day that, uh, to the best of your ability in terms of preparation, uh, if you help your guys prepare and get ready, uh, we, we know we work really hard at it. We spend a lot of time at the preparation. So, um, you, know, we, we have, you know, even though we don't wear too strong on the sleeve, uh, we're extremely confident and very secure uh, with what we do. And, uh, and the results are going to take care of themselves. We we really believe that, and uh, and uh, again we, you know, uh, have had good players. You know, and that's what it comes down to. And if you can get good players that want to work hard and invest in the preparation, then uh, then you got a chance. Why didn't you ever feel the need to be more secretive? Again, I just don't see the advantage in that. Uh, if you're going to share the, the the program, if you're going to share, I think transparency is huge. You know, there's nothing to hide. Uh, uh, we've never had to worry about what did we tell that person, so we make sure we tell them the same way again. Yeah. Because we're always going to tell them, you know, uh, you know, whatever we believe. And uh, so I, again, it comes down to players making shots. It comes down to, to players make, you know, getting stops. Uh, you know, everyone's got everyone's film of every game, so it's not like we're giving anything away. Uh, we're not disadvantaged by it. And when you can, on the flip side of that, have, you know, moms and dads and sons and daughters in the in the Jim watching and, and shooting with our guys afterwards. Uh, we just feel like there's great value in that. Do you find it curious then that, that other coaches, most other coaches <laughs> are so secretive about closing practices and things like that? I never thought too much about it. Um, you know, we're not doing it to be different. We don't you know, worry too much about what other people are doing. Yeah. Uh, I, I've never felt like we've you know, been disadvantaged by what we do or you know, gain an advantage you know, over an opponent by what we do. But, uh, but I think what we do with regards to open practice and, and sharing that uh, uh, to our segment with other people, um, it, it's enjoyable. It, it's good for our players. Uh, I think they like it. Uh, uh, you know, it's good, I think, for the media to be there, quite frankly, because, uh, you know, if we've got a little tough patch going, they know that it's not because our guys aren't working hard, because they're every day watching it. And uh, so it's... it's uh, Kind of the only way we've known, I guess. So uh, it's worked out. How hard were losses on you? How how hard did you wear losses, or do you shake it off pretty easily? Yeah, I think privately a lot harder than people might think. You know, I, I don't think um, you know. You might ask Barb; she might give you a different answer. <laughs> but I don't think I take it home too much. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we talk as a staff. I mean, 
I don't think anyone outside of coaching really knows how difficult and tough those three days are after a loss. And, you know, those three-day segments, wins and losses, I mean, you, what you have to, we talk about in, in our staff a lot. We want as many good three-day stretches as we can get as a result of winning because, uh, or, or at least playing extremely well. Because sometimes in a Big 12, you can play pretty well and lose. You know, even this year, people thought we played a lot differently during that four or five game winning, winning streak against top 10 people than we did during that four or five game losing streak when we lost on the last, you know, in the last 30 seconds each time. And we really didn't play any differently, you know. So, so that doesn't tear you up, but the loss, the, the losing still tears you up. Is there a game that comes to mind that still really eats at you? Maybe it's this year, maybe it's seven years ago. <laughs> Is there one that you're like, man, dadgummit, I can't believe that one got away, or if I had done this different, or? Over the years, I mean, there's a lot of those, uh, you know, more than you'd like anyhow, those last shot losses or mm -hmm. uh, you miss a shot or you, yeah. And, and again, we probably had, we, quite frankly, we've probably had more of those on both sides uh, in the 10 years at Oklahoma than we had in the other 30, 35 years combined. I don't know why necessarily. And I don't know if that's accurate You mean either. games that came down to yeah, this? Yeah, the last, you know, you know lose, a, lose a game on the last second shot or mm -hmm. win a game on the last second shot. Um, and that may not be accurate. It just maybe it's most more recent. I, I don't know, but uh, it seems like we've had a lot of those. Uh, and this team was involved in a, a lot of uh, last-minute games, uh, you know, close games. Uh, seemed like all the Big 12 games were like that, and and several others too. So, uh, but that's kind of that's, that's that's kind of what gets your blood flowing a little bit, and, and the excitement and the and the thrill of either executing at the end or other people executing better than you did. Let me ask you the opposite of that. Is there a game in your last 10 years when you felt like that's as good as, that's a perfect game. Now, I know there's not a perfect game. That's the best game we've played while we've been the coach. Maybe it's one of the final four team games, but maybe it's not. Maybe it's another one where you just felt like, man, that night was as good as we can be. Yeah, probably you know, the final four team, you know, that uh, Sweet 16 game, Elite Eight game against uh, Oh, at Texas A&M and Oregon. I mean, that was that was about as well on that stage mm -hmm. that uh, that we've had any team play. I mean, they had you know 16, 18 point leads at halftime in each of those games, and it never did really get too much uh, more stressful than that. Then we countered that with a, maybe the worst effort you know performance in, in the Final Four game itself, and uh, and I and I didn't handle that one very well. You know, that was a you know we were down what 14 and a half and and uh, cut it to nine with you know. 13, 14 minutes to go in the second half, and then they went on a little run, and, and then, you know, instead of just managing a little bit, you know, we stretched it out and, and we lost total control of it. And I think the memories of that are probably more hurtful to those guys that played in that game than what they deserved, because they had a great year, and we could have kept that game at, you know, 15, 20, which is no great satisfaction <laughs> in terms of losing a Final Four game. But it, was, it, it kind of became a little embarrassing, for, you know, for everyone. And, uh, and I, I kind of almost feel like I need to apologize to our guys for allowing that to happen because, uh, you know, uh, it played so well the week, weekend before and, and didn't on that game. Are you retired from coaching or are you retired, retired? Meaning, I mean, if an athletic director position or a commissioner position or, or a role with the NCAA or something like that, would that be something you consider? Or are you retired, retired? Retired from, from that, you know, eight to five or whatever the next mm -hmm. job might hold, for sure. Yeah. You know, we, we came to this decision because we want that ability to go and do and, yeah. 
and be anywhere we want to be. And that doesn't mean we won't be, I think we'll be really busy, you know, because Barb's a, you know, engaged person and, and certainly we are, uh, you know, given what we've done over our career. So, uh, you, know, you know, some charities, some, you know, you know fundraising, friend raising, whatever the case might be, uh, you know, we'll, we'll be involved in some way. If Mark Emmert calls you tomorrow and says, uh, how do we help me fix college basketball? What would you suggest? That would be pretty in-depth. Uh, not that I've given it that much thought specifically, but there needs to be change. My goodness, uh, it doesn't work right now. I mean, we were, we were operating with uh, uh, outdated guidelines, with outdated rules. As it relates to amateurism, as it relates to, I mean, obviously, you know, we're not able to, to timely reinforce any violations that go on in our, in our business. Um, young coaches, you're growing up, see that, and... There's no consequence, so I'm concerned that uh, you know if they're so inclined that they just deem it uh, reasonable to take a risk and, and break the rules to because you know, the money's so so good that you know why not in in some people's eyes. Uh, hopefully, uh, you know we can address that uh, here at some point, and uh, but there needs to be change. And, uh, and I don't think it's Mark Emmert's fault. You know, you know the NCAA is the college presidents. That's who runs and owns the NCAA. The NCAA is a compilation of, of all the schools together, so it's, it's not their fault. It's uh, I think it is. You know, I think the presidents need to give it a lot more attention and be a lot more aggressive, and uh, we need more uh, Joe Harris and, and people like Joe C and, and those people in a you know in, in a position uh, committee-wise to impact. Uh, and it's got to happen quickly because we're losing ground on the NBA. We're losing ground on what the G League is going to do. Uh, we're losing ground on uh, in, in a lot of ways. Is it? You know, is it just cheating, or is do they need to reevaluate the one and done situation? What about the transfer situation right now? Are the problems deeper than just there's some guys out there cheating and need to be held accountable for it? Uh, yeah, and, and the cheating is not even I think the most significant. Certainly, that's an area to, mm -hmm. to address, but that's not what impacts most of what what goes on. Most of the student athletes. Um, yeah, I think. Um, uh, it's great to have options. I think everyone should have options, the right, the right to choose what you want to do. But, uh, you know, you, you come out of high school, they should be able to go professionally if they want to. You know, not many are ready. And, uh, you know, probably a lot would get bad advice and uh, go out prematurely and, and regret it. But there should be a way that uh, if they do that, they can still come back during that five-year window or whatever and come back to school and play, play ball in college. Now you got maybe a little bit of the both. If you do choose out of high school to go to college, then... There should be a sense of loyalty there with regard to, okay, education is important, and we're going to do things uh, uh, with a, a, a team framework uh, to uh, prepare for not only college but life after. So I, I think there's a, just a ton of areas to have conversation about and, uh, and hopefully make it better for the, the student-athletes themselves. You alluded to this earlier about the OU brand. Most of us are here in Oklahoma and, and don't get to travel like you do or take the OU brand, sometimes even internationally. Explain to us the value of the OU brand today. Well, you notice, the it, yeah, you notice it. Well, as the value goes, uh, you know, just, you know, especially parents realize the value of an education from Oklahoma. So when we're recruiting and parents talk about education and they want their son to, to have that degree and that diploma, uh, they, they quickly understand how how significant uh, a diploma from Oklahoma is. Uh, and the other side of it, from a 
from a fan perspective, uh, we're traveling a few years ago on a trip overseas, and uh, I think we were in France at the time, and someone across the airport yells boomer, and everyone else is sooner. So, so, I mean, people wear their gear. People are proud of it. Uh, uh, it's a strong brand. I'm going to give you, and, and this will be the last thing we do, but I'm going to give you 10 or so words, maybe it's a game, whatever, <laughs> and, and just want your response to it. And it can be short, or it can be you can tell a story as long yeah. as you'd like. Buddy Heald. Uh, uh, great competitor, uh, great leader, uh, team first guy, uh, all about winning, uh, and all about getting better every day. I, I, you know, Buddy legitimately wasn't just to make conversation, but his first two years after every practice, I mean every practice, Coach, what do I need to work on? How can I do this better? What do I need to do? And Buddy's unlike most that go to the gym and do what they're comfortable doing. You know, everyone wants, if they're a shooter, they go shoot. If they're, you know, a ball handler, they like, they like to handle the ball. But Buddy would work on things he didn't do well. And even watching him in the, in the NBA the last uh, few years, you know, you notice significant improvement on things that he didn't particularly do well here. Mm -hmm. That while he was here, to think of him as ever playing point guard mm -hmm. would have been, you know, no way. But Buddy kept working, and he's played you know, a lot of minutes as point guard in the NBA. Uh, with Fox there, it doesn't have to be too many, but uh, uh, he's, he's terrific. Uh, in, in, I can't say enough good things about Buddy. Mike Shepard. Well, I told Shep before the press conference, and you may get me even here, <laughs> <laughs> that I wasn't going to mention his name because I couldn't get through it. I'm not doing well here either. Uh, you know, he was a manager for us at K-State, been with us most of, you know, since 87 or so. Uh, most of those years, I think all but two or three with us, you know, as director of operations or, you know, just doing it. And he's the best. And uh, uh, Joe C. recognizes that. And, uh, and uh, when we lost uh, our sport liaison to another job, you know, two or three years ago, you know, we didn't have another sport liaison because Joe C. said, hey, you know, you don't need one. We got Shep there. So Shep kind of became our sport liaison along with Josie. So just, it's great. Great family, uh, great father, great husband. Uh, you know, no one better. Referees. Never thought too much about them, quite frankly. You know, I mean, I don't think any of them intentionally blow a call. Yeah. I think they blow a lot of calls. <laughs> but uh, I, don't, uh, I don't spend too much time on them. I have a lot of what people don't understand is I, have a, I had, I guess, uh, changed my uh, uh, frame of reference here, uh, a lot of quiet conversations with officials along the sideline. And I thought they were always fair. I thought, uh, I, I never thought we got the short end of the deal. I think they respected, you know, we were easy to referee for. You know, we made our points, but we didn't embarrass them. We didn't uh, have a lot of hand gestures, but they, uh, we, we made a point. They uh, appreciated their responses and listening and uh, and I, I think they're all about trying to do the best job they can and some are better than others. You ever have a funny exchange with one that <laughs> comes to mind? Well a couple I guess uh, 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 in the NBA actually uh, uh, David Jones who's from Gainesville you know, where when we were there he refereed a lot of our scrimmages and was you know resident there and and uh, got to know him pretty well and when in the NBA, I think um, I think Dikembe, uh, you know, got called for a foul, and uh, and uh, he didn't think. Of course, he never thought he fouled, uh, like most of them. But uh, 
uh, you know, he made some gestures, and next time down the floor, I, uh, Dave was coming by the bench, and we were shooting a free throw. He said, I said, Dave, you got to give me a technical. He, he said, what? He said, well, either give me one, or I'll just act the fool, and then you give me one. Because, uh, uh, you know, uh, you got to go to the, you got to protect the, the players. Uh -huh. And, uh, and uh, so he gave me a technical, and kind of puzzled, and walked by. And next time down the, by the bench, Kim Big walks by, and says, Thanks, Coach. I appreciate that. <laughs> so that, that was kind of interesting. I realized right then that uh, you know the, it's a player's game in the NBA, and uh, and you got to do everything you can to, to protect, protect them or okay. let them know that uh, you're trying to protect them. Trey Young, super skilled. I mean, people ask sometimes about uh, is he big enough, fast enough, and I'm thinking fast enough. He's really fast. I mean, especially with the ball. You know, uh, unbelievable skill. I think he's the best handler of the ball in the NBA. Great vision, uh, great uh, uh, imagination as a passer, uh, sees things you know, prior to them happening. Uh, and, and, and like most, that combination of not only seeing things, but then having the ability to deliver the ball in a timely, accurate way. I don't think there's anyone better in the NBA than, than Trey. And what a great start to an NBA career he's, he's had. I mean, yeah. I think that but the open floor, you know, uh, defense has not been able to do what they can do in college in terms of you know, crowding the lane or whatever. Um, he, he's obviously made for that. OU Kansas 2016, three overtime game. Yeah, special, special uh, game. Uh, certainly hated to lose it because, uh, but, uh, but to participate in it, you know, it was, I thought players on both teams just battled like crazy and make big time plays. But of course, uh, what forty six was special. Um, yeah, just uh, just a great battle. I had a chance to win it. Uh, it was mm -hmm. a second to go at the free throw line, and and we didn't. And certainly, we would have preferred winning it. Uh, but uh, had that shot gone in, then we wouldn't have had all the conversation about that three overtime game. Yeah. Uh, we would much preferred not having the conversation. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, buddy, buddy was special, and, and the other guys too. I mean, it was uh, just a hard fought game and a great crowd, great atmosphere, and. I think everyone left there, uh, you know, uh, very, very drained, and yet with an appreciation for what just happened in terms of players on both teams. Sherry Cole. Ah, class person, great, great, uh, great career. Uh, just uh, so admired the way she did, did her work and went about her business and uh, the culture she created. Uh, yeah, just, uh, just happy for her. Uh, learned a lot from her, uh, just, um, you know, just uh, really admired the way she uh, accomplished what she uh, what she did. Billy Tubbs. Well, you might get me there again. Uh, uh, just Sooner basketball. He and his family. I think uh, always has been, always will be. Uh, uh, just uh, as much as as many good players we had before Billy's tenure, and many good teams before that, it really popped. I think you know, nationally, obviously during those times, and uh, uh, you know, people more note of OU basketball and because of that I think have done that ever since. Favorite coach to coach against? I don't know uh, you know you, there's a lot of friends that you coach against and that, that's not ever fun yeah. you know so I'll pass on you know the, the, uh, the you know, all you want to those. coach against somebody you want to beat. Well yeah if you, if you beat a friend or if you lose to a friend but you want to beat them but if you beat him, then as good as you feel, it's, it's kind of tempered because yeah. you know on the other end, you know he's feeling very badly. So, uh, so that's never any any fun, really. Um, 
Yeah, there's so many. There, there's so many good coaches out there, and you, you kind of match, you know, preparation. And then, especially when you play a team for the second time, you know, you, you try to anticipate what changes they're going to make, and then you make changes to, to counter what changes you hope they make. Uh, but, uh, but that's kind of a fun part of it. You know, I, I don't even know if I can name a coach because I'm going to leave someone out that I don't want to. So, uh, but there's so many. I mean, and, and I think today, I think really has changed. You know, where maybe 20, 25 years ago, there was degrees of good coaches out there. You know, all of them yeah. are, are pretty good. But today, I think, I think really, there aren't many that don't do a really good job. And, uh, and it really does usually come down to, you know, uh, the skill of the players and maybe combined with their buy-in to what you're doing. It's not just talented players win. But if you get talented players and they buy into what you're doing, then they're going to beat the uh, not quite so talented and, and those that buy into what you're doing. So uh, it's, just, it's just so often a bucket or two. So it's not a big difference. I've uh, thought oftentimes, uh, and we talk with coaches about, you, know, you play exactly the same way for you know, 39 minutes and, and 55 seconds. Shot goes in, you feel great for the next three days. Shot doesn't go in, you feel horrible. You didn't play differently. You know, you didn't do anything differently. But, uh, but that's the difference of a, of a game winner versus a, a shot dismissed. Do you ever have a I'm, – I'm intrigued by the post-game handshakes in all sports. <laughs> do you ever have an interesting post-game uh, experience with an opposing coach? No, not really. Uh, I've never had a moment uh, at the end of a game or any other time of a negative conversation with another coach. Uh, uh, no, no, I really haven't. Uh, nothing comes to mind uh, at all. That in and of itself is amazing. <laughs> uh, it says a lot about you. Favorite opposing arena to coach in? Well, being, being a Kansas Stater, you know, uh, you know I'm not going to fully give credit to, to, to Fog Allen, although it is special. You, know, although you can edit that out if you want to, but it is special. And, uh, uh, but there, there, there are others. I mean, Hilton, you know, it, it aims, I mean, just because their fans are always there. And, uh, 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 you know, again, you can go down down the line of ways there too, because uh, you know you just where the fans are just so into it and so genuine and, and so supportive. Uh, you know, they're, they're, uh, they're they're really good. They're really good. Two more, Joe Castiglione. Yeah, the best. Just period. Uh, we've had a lot of really good athletic directors, and and certainly we've been fortunate in that way. But uh, when in, in terms of um, Really big vision, big vision in mind. Uh, uh, doing you know everything he can to be about this welfare of the student athletes. Um, how respected he is by his peers. Uh, you can't talk to anyone, and and, and uh, especially during this time about you know during retiring that uh, don't you know that, that won't bring up Joe and and uh, you know how much we enjoyed working with him and for him, uh, alongside him. Uh, is simply the best. All right, I'm not trying to get you here, but it is hard to be a coach's <laughs> wife. Um, it I'll, st I'll stop you there, I got no chance. <laughs> yeah, well, I know, I might not get the question out because I love your wife like crazy. Uh, it doesn't work out a lot of times for coaches to be married because of the lifestyle that they have to live and everything, but Barb Kruger. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be 46 years of marriage here in, in December, um, you know, you know, just always our best friend, always, uh, you know, and never, never, you know, uh, uh, as a coach's wife, uh, 
made it uncomfortable after a win or loss or, or anything, anything else. I mean, never even approached that. Uh, just a great feel for how we're feeling. Um, uh, great mom, in addition to being a wife. <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, she uh, just all about you know Kevin and Angie uh, when they were growing up. Uh, and I told her I did ship. I said I, I'm not, I'm not going to talk to. Him. About you during the press conference because I, I intentionally mentioned her several times, but uh, and got away with that, I guess. But uh, yeah, just um, you know, couldn't be more blessed, couldn't be more fortunate. Uh, I got the best end of the deal. She ever have a, you should have you should have ran this play <laughs> at the end of the game? No, that, no, none of that when you get home. No, no, not that's what I mean. She never even approached that area, you know. Uh, even when even when. Um, we, we played Kevin when he was at Arizona State. We yeah. played them in the NIT one time when we were at UNLV. And uh, so that was really awkward, the, the week going the leading up to that. I quickly found out where her allegiance lied when we, when we actually lined up <laughs> for the game. But, uh, but uh, yeah, then, then Kev played for us his final yeah. year, you know, at uh, UNLV. And uh, that, was, that was really, I mean, as far as, you know, Kevin had already established himself at Arizona State. So should he be playing, or is he playing because coach's son? That wasn't an issue because we needed a point guard, and, and he was a good one. So that wasn't an issue. So we didn't have that awkwardness as a coach's son. So we never did really have any stress at all as a father-son deal. But she did as a mom. I mean, I know she was, I mean, in terms of just wanting so much for him to do well and uh, the team to win, uh, it was probably way harder on her than it was on Kevin or me. Do you think Kevin will ask you for advice, or do you think he would – not want to, you're going to cast a big shadow in Las Vegas, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, you know, Kevin's, um, you, know, he's, you know, he's a little low-key until you get to know him a little bit, but he's very, very confident and very secure as well. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and, and, and he'll make tough decisions. Although, uh, you know, uh, even two weeks ago or ten days ago, whenever he first had those player meetings out there in Vegas, uh, you know, I said, how you doing? He said, that's a terrible day. I said, well, what's wrong? He said, well, I'm talking to players that, that aren't coming back, and I feel like I'm messing up their lives. And, and I kind of said, well, welcome to, welcome to the seat. You know, but, uh, but he'll make tough decisions. But, but Kevin's about fairness. I mean, if something's not fair, it tears him up. You know, and that's, you know, people violating the rules or, you know, a player not getting a, you know, a fair shot or, you know, anything that's not fair, you know, a puppy on the street that doesn't have a home. I mean, he really is torn by that stuff. I guess, you know, we're, we're not too far from that, too. But um, yeah, we'll, have, we'll have normal coach-coach conversations about basketball. It won't be, you know, hey, Kev, you should do this or what, you know, it won't be that because he's got a staff for that. And uh, now we'll be, we'll be um, you know, an appropriate distance uh, removed from uh, those uh, uh, conversations. But, uh, but we won't mind chiming in and having conversations as we've done for the last, you know, 20 years. I mean, uh, that's just, you know, uh, you know, something we talk about all the time. So uh, uh, we, we won't mind doing that. Well, 10 years ago today, the very first thing that they asked me to do at OU was to interview you. <laughs> McCaslin Fieldhouse, yeah. you had your introductory press conference, and you probably don't remember this, but they ushered you into a, a room on the side, and we had a setup like this. And that was the very first thing I did, ever did for OU. Hopefully this isn't the last. But <laughs> by my estimation, in between, there have been probably in the neighborhood of a thousand times I've had the opportunity <laughs> to interview you, whether it's a pregame or postgame or radio show or 
banquet or caravan or way too many times. You're, <laughs> you're going to be so excited you don't have to hear from me anymore. But on behalf of, of myself, my family, who uh, I haven't brought up my boys because I can't go there, <laughs> but uh, uh, coaches, players, fans, Sooner Vision, concession security, <laughs> Everyone here at OU, thank you for the last 10 years. And uh, we all wish you nothing but the, you and Barb, the happiest of retirements. And we are better people because you spent the last 10 years in our lives. Well, we've been honored and it's certainly our pleasure. And and you really are the best at what you do. And you've you've made it fun. Thank you. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Riverwind, home to a luxury hotel, fine dining, and never-ending rewards. Riverwind is still the one. And Allstate, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review however you listen. The preceding has been a Learfield IMG College presentation of the Sooner Sports Network.